and welcome to the JNMP podcast. This month we're going to be discussing frankincense and its use in multiple sclerosis. We have Dr. Clarissa Sterner on the line, who's from the Christian Albrechts University in Kiel. So Clarissa, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for the invitation and having me here. So Clarissa, I wondered if we could start at the beginning. What are the recommendations regarding anti-inflammatory treatment in multiple sclerosis? And then what are the current pitfalls of long-term treatment? Yeah, so that's a very good question. I think we all agree that multiple sclerosis has seen enormous and really great changes in regard to all the treatments options that we have now available for anti-inflammatory treatment. And with every option that we have, um, of course, people strive for even better and more safe and tolerable therapies. And I think what's also obvious now, especially in the last couple of years, well, at the beginning, we were happy to have treatment options at all. Remember that before 2006, we had hardly any treatment options. There were the first basic immunotherapies available. However, after that, there was really the development concerning very potent and um, helpful anti-inflammatory drugs that could really nicely control inflammation. However, we saw with all these drugs then the downside of it. Of course, if you give anti-inflammatory treatments, this has a general effect on the immune system. And we see that in regard to all the now quite well-known side effects like progressive um, leuko, um, multifocal leukoencephalopathy, the PML cases that we have seen with now a couple of therapies. And on the other hand, you know, we, we are in a kind of a difficult situation. We want to treat early and efficiently anti-inflammatory in multiple sclerosis to control the disease activity. However, we lack at the moment the really potent anti-inflammatory treatments also show a couple of side effects that are difficult for patients that come with problems like infections, like maybe also in the long run, an increase of the tumor rate that has been described before. And so what, of course, is still the ultimate goal is to have a treatment that has a good anti-inflammatory efficiency. And on the other hand, that is not compromising the immune system too much so that we still have the option that the immune system can defend itself against infections and can control tumors by having an efficient tumor surveillance. What is frankincense? What properties led you to speculate that it might be worthwhile as a therapeutic approach in MS? That's actually a very nice story to tell. So the story goes back to the 80s. And there was an initiative from the German government who sent a pharmacologist from the University of Tübingen in southern Germany to India to look for ingredients in Ayurvedic medicine that could exhibit anti-inflammatory properties. And he came back and he has, had been in contact with a, a very a nice uh, and a very, very popular Indian colleague and he gave him a formulation from Ayurvedic medicine containing frankincense. And um, this colleague was Professor Amon from Tübingen, and he's kind of the father of German frankincense research. And he then found out that frankincense can actually inhibit key enzymes of the arachidonic acid pathway, like 
5-lipoxygenase or the cyclooxygenases. And this has been, you know, people went on it and have been looking further into it. And there's one other colleague from me, Professor Oliver Wertz, who's now in Jena. And he could very nicely show that frankincense can alter all these prostaglandins and products of the pathway and can make a shift that is anti-inflammatory and that works in a couple of situations, a couple of indications. And so for us, it was very interesting to see because there have been reports that uh, the 5 lipoxygenase seems to play a role in multiple sclerosis. It has been identified as a target in microarray analysis as well as in uh, human multiple sclerosis lesions in the brain as well as in the animal model. And so there's a very good biological rationale behind that. And on the other hand, frankincense extracts can be given orally, so they are orally available and have been shown to exhibit a very good safety and tolerability profile in a couple of autoimmune diseases and autoinflammatory diseases like osteoarthritis or Morbus Crohn. And there have been a couple of studies, always with quite small patient numbers. However, it was always without any problems, without any real concerns concerning safety and tolerability. And this combination of a, of a good biological rationale, and which also shows, you know, it's, it's another uh, other mechanism that we were looking for. And the very good safety and tolerability profile together gave us the idea that this is an interesting substance to look at in multiple sclerosis in the MS context. And this was the reason why we, um, why we went for this pilot trial. I mean, it's a very, very early trial. So it's really, really the first step and to see if this is worth pursuing in multiple sclerosis at all. And what also is important to know in this context is that uh, the group where I've been working at for years, we were also very, very interested in the patient's view on things. Yeah. So for us, it's very important to see what do patients want? Yeah. What's, what's their intention? What the, are they looking for in their disease? And what we have been experienced and is that they have a very high interest for complementary and alternative medicine. And, you know, this all was the setting in which we thought, okay, this is really a very interesting idea. This is phytotherapeutic medication with a good safety profile that has a good biological rationale and that is worth pursuing. And I think the moment when we were really convinced about that is when we started doing experiments in the laboratory and we were going for... TH17 polarization. The, we performed that in vitro with human naive CD4 T cells. And what we saw was quite convincing, and this has been published before and, and elsewhere, but we saw that frankincense extracts were able to completely abrogate the TH17 polarization, and we had not ex expected it to be so clear, yes, to have such an effect in vitro. And so altogether we saw, okay, this is something that it's worth to ha have the chance to be tested in a pilot trial. And of course, with regarding patient safety, we were thinking, okay, this is something that's not risking patient safety much, but can give us an insight if this is you know, something that's then later worth pursuing in a big controlled clinical trial. 
So I wondered if you could, for the benefit of the listeners, sort of outline the trial that you did conduct and its major findings. So obviously you were mainly looking at sort of safety and tolerability at this stage. Um, and if whether you could just sort of yeah discuss that with us. So of course, you know, we're not a big pharmaceutical company. We are an academic institution and yet still for a small pilot trial, uh, you have really trouble to go for funding this has been difficult before. So we were looking for funding for this pilot trial for I think two or three years before we got that. And we were lucky to get um, the German Federal Ministry of Education and Research in that they would fund this because frankincense as most natural compounds cannot be patented. Yeah, So there is no big pharmaceutical industry that is interested in funding these kind of trials. So it's purely academic interest and and for us it was also because we thought it might be an option for patients yeah so this was a long way to go for and then we were able to start the trial and this is also the reason why this is only a small trial design so what we did was that we had patients coming in with a high frequency mri protocol so patients would come in for an mri every month and we would observe them for four months before they would enter the trial. They had to have a certain degree of inflammation, which transfers to one, two uh, contrast-enhancing lesions, at least in four um, baseline MRIs. And then they would start on the treatment. We were also doing a small dose finding phase for four to eight weeks almost all patients were able to go to the highest dose that we offered in the trial. So this was no real dose finding in the end. And then patients would continue on the dose, uh, which was in the end 4,800 milligrams of frankincense extract per day for another six months at least. And we were starting in the in the outcome phase of the trial. We were looking at, again, four MRIs at the end of this treatment phase, so from the months five to eight. And then we offered patients originally for another three months so that they could take the study drug for 12 months altogether. And almost everyone decided to go for that. And then patients also started to ask us for further continuation of the trial and because the patients asked us to do so we then applied at the authorities and we were able then to continue the trial for altogether three years so you actually extended the timeline of the trial that's interesting yeah we extended it because patients asked for it and this was the first thing where we were surprised yeah that that happened because you know we started the trial when Tecfidera was not yet approved in europe so a lot of patients who originally wanted to start on Tecfidera went into the trial because they were not able to go for subcutaneous injections or something, and they wanted to have an oral treatment, and then they kind of wanted to bridge the time before Tecfidera was approved. And what happened then that I had these patients went through the trial, and then they were at month 12, and they could, you know, like leave the trial, and I was like, you know, you can you can switch to Tecfidera because it's available now. And the patients were looking at me and they said, why should I switch? I know that this is working. I, I'm okay with this frankincense extract and I don't want to change anymore. <laughs> and this was really, this was really a surprise. And you should also know that, or maybe the listeners want to know that 
at the beginning of the trial, of course, you always do a statistical analysis and a projection and, uh, and you try to plan everything before. And we calculated with a uh, treatment effect of 30%. And this is how, how we came to the patient numbers. The study protocol, of course, is not like a controlled big trial. Yeah, that's the next step. But always remember that we're talking about a pilot trial. Yeah, so it's really the first step to see is this worth pursuing? And this is why we had no placebo group. Yeah. And uh, still, we, th we did the statistical calculations and we thought, okay, we have to have about 30 patients to see if it's worth pursuing in a big control trial and to have uh, some kind of idea if this is effective at all. And what we saw then was actually that we had a much, much higher effect on MRI disease activity. So the primary outcome parameter of this trial was and you see that because, or you can already anticipate that because we have such a high number of MRIs that our patients had to go through in the trial. It was MRI disease activity. Yeah. So the number of contrast enhancing lesions was a primary outcome parameter in our trial. And what happened was decreased by more than 60%. So quite a lot more than we ourselves anticipated. And uh, of course, you have to be very careful. This is not really to be translated as a real effect because you always have the problem of the regression to the mean and trials that do not have a placebo group. So what you can see from the data that we have gathered is that we definitely think this is a very interesting substance and that should be further tested in controlled trials because the effect that we saw cannot be explained just by coincidence or by the regression to the mean effect. No, absolutely. So, I mean, obviously my next question really was about where to next, but it sounds quite clearly that it is to a placebo-controlled trial. Most definitely. And yeah, of course, you always, after you have done such a trial, you always know what you can make better. Of course, you can say, you know, we should have planned it as a placebo-controlled trial before, but you must know that it's really another thing, yeah? So this was just thought to be a pilot and to see if this working at all, if there is, you know, something happening at all. And this is also why we had other outcome parameters like the immunological parameters and the clinical parameters. And for me, it's not only the decrease in the MRI disease activity, but it's more really the complete picture of the trial, yeah? So that all the things we looked at point into the same direction, that there is something happening that there seems to be really an anti-inflammatory potential of frankincense in multiple sclerosis. How good that is and how far that goes, that has to be tested in a, in a placebo control trial. Yeah? There's no doubt about that. And, and Clarissa, is that something that's currently in the pipeline? Is that something we can look forward to hearing about soon or, or is funding still underway? What I'm really, or the, that we all are really working on, it's, as I told you initially, it's not easy because it's um, not something that a big pharmaceutical industry would go for because it's very clear that this is not something that you can easily patent. It makes it difficult and I think the best chance we will have to go again for public funding. But of course, 
if you go, and this was the reason why why the pilot trial is been designed as it has had been designed, because um, a placebo-controlled trial is really something that needs quite a lot of money. We're working on it, but it's it's nothing that you know that can be expected within the next four weeks. I hope that we have news with next month. Yeah, and. Um, I think there are two or three calls that are interesting and that we will, of course, apply for. Well, best of luck to you. Clarissa, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Thanks for having me here. Thanks for the interest. No worries. That was Dr. Clarissa Sterner from the Christian Albrecht University in Kiel. And you can, of course, read about her very interesting paper about frankincense in multiple sclerosis on the JNMP website. It's free for download, jnmp.bmj.com.